This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hey, you're tuned into GG Well Played, the show that talks about all things video games. I'm Hanif Baharudin. In this episode, we're going to be looking back at Horizon Zero Dawn, an action RPG that was developed by Guerrilla Games that was initially released on PlayStation 4 in 2017. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ali Johan and Ofnil Ting. Thank you, Hanif. Here's a quick roundup of news from the last week. Gamers who still have PS3, PSP, and PS Vita, you might want to pay attention to this news. Sony is reportedly going to close the digital stores to these consoles permanently this coming July. And according to a report by The Gamer, the PS3 and PSP stores will be shut on the 2nd of July and the Vita stores will be closed on the 27th of August. These platforms have been around for years, with the PSP store being active for over 16 years. The PS3 store as well, you know, about 15 years. And the Vita, uh, who've been around for about 10 years. Mm. This is not really surprising, I think, because considering where we are now, and also taking into factor that games from these three platforms have disappeared from the desktop and uh, mobile versions of the PlayStation Store last October after Sony redesigned its store. But what this also means is that you won't be able to purchase digital copies or any DLCs for these platforms directly from the devices either. So far, as of time of reporting, Sony still hasn't said anything regarding this rumor, and we wouldn't be able to find out for certain whether this will have any effect on games that have been purchased prior to the closure of these shops. The assumption is that players would still be able to re-download their purchases as required, but we'll bring you more information when we have them. Yeah, not surprisingly, the news also uh, led the whole conversation of whether it's better to buy games in the physical format or digital. For me, I've always uh, bought physical games. The main reason is because I can resell it. Yep. So if you're listening, let us know which camp you're in. Are you for physical format games or digital format games? Let us know. Tweet us at BFM Radio for that. Uh, next item from one camp to another. Over on Green Team, Microsoft has decided to rebrand the online service Xbox Live, and it will now be called Xbox Network. According to The Verge, when asked about the change, a Microsoft spokesperson said that Xbox Network refers to the underlying Xbox online service, which was updated by the Microsoft Services Agreement. That update from Xbox Live to Network is intended to distinguish the underlying service from Xbox Live Gold memberships. Hmm. So what it means here is that the whole Xbox online service will now be called Xbox Network. And Xbox Live will specifically refer to their Xbox Live Gold membership, the service that allows you to play games online with perks like getting free games every month. Who doesn't want free games? Along with that change in name, Microsoft also later announced that Xbox Party Chat will be free for Xbox owners soon, which means that you don't have to pay for Xbox Live Gold to chat with your friends online. This comes after Microsoft promised that they will be making online multiplayer and free-to-play games free without the Live Gold subscription following uproar over their proposal to increase the prices of these services a couple of months back. They have since reversed that decision. Yeah, so we currently don't have any concrete dates on when this will be officially rolled out, but testers are now able to try these features out. Okay, continuing with Microsoft, they were also apparently in talks to buy Discord, chat software that's focused on gaming, for more than 10 billion 
dollars. Wow. Yeah, Discord has about 140 million monthly users, and they made about 130 million dollars in revenue last year. But the company is not profitable yet, so uh, it's now valued at around seven billion dollars after recently generating a hundred million dollars in funding last December. So while the firm is set to be open to acquisition, they've reportedly spoke to Epic Games and Amazon previously. Uh, they also did not rule out going public rather than seeking. An acquisition. I, I think it's interesting to see where this will be going, considering that Microsoft has been quite aggressive in their acquisitions, and Discord is still not making profit as it operates on a largely free model. Anyway,、uh, on to the next news, on to something lighter. Last week, we also saw the winners of the BAFTA Games Awards 2021 being announced.、Uh, Super Giant's smashing hit Hades was the big winner, bringing back the awards for best game, best artistic achievement, best game design, and best narrative. With one of its voice actors, Logan Cunningham, also winning the best performer in a supporting role, and his work on multiple characters from the game, including Hades, Achilles, Poseidon, Asterius, Charon, and the storyteller. The Last of Us Part Two, a game that now、uh, sets a new record for the highest number of nominations for a single game since the award began in 2004, with 13 nominations, sadly brought back only two awards: Best Animation and Best Performer in a Leading Role, with Laura Bailey as Abby. Nice. Quarantine hit Animal Crossing: New Horizons, meanwhile, took home the awards for Best Game Beyond Entertainment and Best Multiplayer Game. Uh, there are other winners, and they include Spider-Man Miles Morales winning Best Music, while the Ghost of Tsushima took the crown for Audio Achievement. And I think if you played that game, you can tell that it's warranted definitely a lot of attention to detail to the sound that they've designed for the sh-、uh, for the game. And speaking of Ghost of Tsushima, it seems that a film adaptation based on the game is now in development. And will reportedly be helmed by John Wick director Chad Stahelski. Sony Pictures and PlayStation Productions will be the company working on the film, and Chad Stahelski will be working alongside producers Alex Young and Jason Spitz from Eighty Seven Eleven Entertainment.、Uh, developers of the game, Sucker Punch Productions, will be serving as executive producers via one of their game developers, Peter Kang. The story is set to follow the story of the game, which follows the journey of samurai warrior Jin Sakai as he tries to liberate his homeland, the Isle of Tsushima, from Mongol invaders. So far,、uh, no dates confirmed for the shooting or the release of that movie. So we'll be bringing you more information as it develops. I mean, we spoke about this, right? As most of the time, they're not great, but.、Uh... As we spoke about the Last of Us movie being made, I think we were looking forward to that. And this one has big potential, but we did say that you know some games that turn to movies did remind us of not so great times like Tomb Raider. Man, I can name so many.、Yeah. Even Doom, Mario Bros. Ooh, or even Sonic <laughs>、yeah. or、um, Hitman, Agent Forty Seven. But that's all going back to the very very long time ago. I think the modern productions and at least if we, I think it remains to be seen if they can stick to the storyline of the game, then that would be nice. John Wick. Director, though, so we'll only have to、uh, wait and see how it turns out. Anyway, that's all we have for this week's recap of the news. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Ali and Afnil. Let's go for a short break. Coming up, a look back at Horizon Zero Dawn. This is Gigi Well Played on BFM eighty nine point nine. BFM eighty nine point nine. You're listening to Gigi Well Played. I'm your host Hanif Baharudin.
Horizon Zero Dawn is an action RPG game that was developed by Guerrilla Games and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. It was first released on PlayStation 4 in 2017 and later released on PC last year. As one of the original IPs from the last generation of consoles, Horizon Zero Dawn captured the attention of gamers with its breathtaking world, sci-fi and mysterious plot and strong characters. And after their success with the Killzone franchise, Guerrilla Games struck gold with Horizon Zero Dawn. With the sequel Horizon Forbidden West announced and scheduled to be released this year, Najma Maliki joins me on the show to reflect on the game. So in Horizon Zero Dawn, you play the main character Aloy, who is finding herself in the world, trying to discover what it means and trying to understand the current world and what is the current world it's set in the future thousands of years from now interestingly it's a post-apocalyptic world but it's not the fallout that you know where everything is I mean you've got technology everywhere you've got uh, I don't know teleportation devices it's not Mass Effect it's not there's no aliens or whatsoever there are robotic animals like creatures roaming around but the people who is living in that game or the other NPCs in the game is very tribe-based, it's very religious. It's a good take, I feel, from your usual post-apocalyptic world game. And the game takes place, it starts off with you, a little girl. Uh, they show you, Aloy, growing up in, I think, less than five minutes <laughs> into a full-blown adult. Uh, and yeah, from there on, You'll discover yourself and just learn about yourself and the world and why is the world that way. And interestingly, in this game, even if you watch the trailer, you'd know that everyone don't really understand why the world works that way. Mm. And they all have their own belief system as to why everything is happening. And you play this person who's trying to find out the truth, basically. Yeah, so Horizon Zero Dawn is an action RPG game, uh, open world action RPG game uh, developed by Guerrilla Games and it was published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. So it's a first party title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was released in 2017, right? Yeah, 16. three. Oh, no, no, it was yeah. released in 17, 2017, yeah. but announced in 2016. Yeah. yeah, so it was released in 2017. And there's a very good description of, I think, what the game is about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one cool thing about the game that I was immediately, I think, captured by was the fact that the world itself is very, uh, it doesn't follow the same format, despite being post-apocalyptic, although post-apocalyptic in the sense that, you know, it was thousands of years after the apocalypse, I guess, to a certain mm. extent. It's a game that is very visually nice, yes. resting. Uh, the world is colourful. Mm-hmm. The interactions between you, the player, and also the the environment, mm. as well as the enemies, in this case, uh, all these you know, robotic animals, mm-hmm. uh, is very, I guess, fluid. Mm-hmm. Like many other like, open-world games, it sets up this environment where uh, interactivity is... Um, is something that, that feels natural, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Aloy, in her journey to discover herself, uh, because she is also ostracized by her community mm-hmm. because she's an outsider, basically, right? Uh, so, so in her journey, we follow her footsteps. We travel from from one place to another to follow her journey of discovering like more about herself and also more about the world that they're living in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of the story? First so, of all, yeah. For me, the story is super interesting, and this is one specific game where I can't actually like 
detached for me personally the story and the aesthetics because when you look at even the poster when you look at like the game itself uh, the trailer and stuff it's very aesthetically futuristic like you've got this futuristic T-Rex in the poster you've got this futuristic like long neck like dinosaur thing um, moving around you know that all these robots needs to come from a time where it is super high tech right but the story itself is super rooted in our tribe based uh, life as a human right so if you look at any tribe in this world in the past now even there's a lot of superstition there's a lot of beliefs there's a lot of religious based um, ideas and this game captures all of that for me you easily can forget that you are in a futuristic world when you're playing the game because you'll be doing this quest where you're trying to understand or like go through a certain uh, part of your life which is very ritualistic in any tribe life uh, but then right off the bat you start seeing this robot tiger big robot tiger start chasing you down and straight away you're reminded you're in a high-tech world I just love the fact that they married the two off and 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 the story revolves really really well in that world I think like the parts where um, you trying to discover yourself and connect back to the world 1000 years ago I don't know how long ago it was um, and as a, as a person who understands the current technology you can understand that uh, this is talking about whatever 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 but for the tribes people in the game to them it's just the gods speaking through some platform right um, and I think that's a very interesting story for me yeah um, without going into uh, I guess spoiler territory uh, despite this being a retro review because we don't want uh, to spoil this game for I guess our listeners out there who haven't played it uh, the story is a slow burner but it's the, it's the right kind of slow burner in the sense that yeah. initially you're trying to discover you know what's Eloy's relationship with with a stepfather of sort, uh, her relationship with the community, how she's always been ostracized and whatnot, and what I like about it, without revealing too much about it, is that it slowly revolves into becoming like a sci-fi story. Uh, yeah. yeah, towards the end, and and I think that's the interesting aspect of the story because suddenly, the more you learn about the past, the more you found out you found out that oh, okay, this this was how the world was was like back then, and as much as that aspect was quite kind of interesting, I can't help but you know think of. Uh, while playing it, uh, and as much as you suddenly get to visit all these, you know, the, these these past uh, remnants of you know places that we somehow recognize as you know maybe belonging to our our generation uh, or the future generation, but something that's not far far removed, uh, I can't help but still want to be immersed into the the current world that Eloy is living in, mm-hmm. and that's the interesting part: the, the ability for the story to weave in um, the past and the present. Uh, but still making it making it look like you know um, as much as you know you you're curious about the past and as much as the past was presented to be futuristic, and the present time looks a bit more I guess old school or like a bit more backwards. Uh-huh, uh, for yeah. I mean f- f- that's a crude term, but 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 if you play the game, you you will realize I guess the the way things function sort of like look a bit backwards. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that that marriage and I like how how. Uh, uh, alloy uh, is eventually trying to make sense of things and and like you said the story the story is rich in that sense the story uh, the turn that it makes in from becoming a story about self-discovery into like a sci-fi-ish uh, vibe I think for me is, is, is the way it, the story sort of like turn and the payoff that you get the more you get into it is for me is very rewarding and it goes beyond just uh, a straight up story because it 
puts and it asks a lot of questions about you know philosophy and whatnot and yeah, uh, yeah and yeah. the concept of you know thinking about okay so why are these groups of people you know believe and think about this or why certain characters take certain actions or did mm. certain things that are deemed to be I guess destructive right mm-hmm. yeah and I think I think that's a that's a really good way of putting it um at the risk of actually slightly spoiling, hopefully not really much uh, spoiling the game, uh, the currency in the game is actually shards. <laughs> and it literally is what it is. It's actually pieces of metals. It's like shards of metal, right? And where they get those pieces of metal from, it's literally from the technology that they have deemed useless because they don't know how to use it. Mm. Um, I think earlier on in the game, if you start exploring around your first area, you'll find this one cave. You go into that cave, it's actually a lab. And as a person from this current generation, you definitely know that it is a it is a um, a full fledged lab with lifts and and like clean rooms and stuff. But from the point of view of the people in the game, that's just another forbidden area that you should not go into. Mm. Uh, so that I like the the way that they kind of like fluidly go into as much that what what Hanif mentioned from being a very human based philosophy based story. It fluidly goes into a sci-fi story, right? So, I I love that. And the progression always takes me back because, like, I always thought that this is going too slow and suddenly they will bring up something new uh, that just blows me away and which is my biggest selling point to uh, to anyone who wants to play the game. Mm. It's uh, the only kind of thing I can, like... Um, Equate it to it's like watching any Christopher Nolan movie, like uh, say Inception, where when you watch the first movie, you're trying to understand the game, uh, the movie, sorry, and then when you start understanding one bit, he will throw another big thing towards your way, and you'll just be blown away by that thing. And the replayability of this game is something I would like to ask you as well, Hanif. Mm. But for me at least, uh, it's super replayable. I can play it again and again. And every playthrough I do with Horizon Zero Dawn specifically, I feel like I learned something new that I I've missed before. Yeah, um, of course, uh, being in an action RPG game, you can always uh, deal with the main storyline first and come to the I guess side quest later. Uh, but I did a bit of both. You know, I played the side quest and I, you know at the same time I try and finish as many side quests as possible and then finish the main storyline. So in terms of replayability, of course, you know games modern games these days have new game plus mode and whatnot. So mm-hmm. you can always go at it again and and play at a different difficulty or even if you don't want to play at a different difficulty because the story is so rich because the world is so diverse, uh, so rich. Um, I still have that feeling of like you know wanting to explore mm. uh, the world again despite having finished the game and um, maybe uh, if you're not into collectibles and whatnot you can still just explore and go and fight you know all these monsters and and the, the, the in terms of uh, the variety of monsters available what I like about the game is that um if you play on normal difficulty, uh, the uh, the types of enemies available are varied enough and challenging enough without actually being frustrating. Yes. So um, I, I can max out my weapons. Um, of course, I'm playing on normal difficulty, but uh, my point is that uh, despite maxing out my weapons and um, maxing out my armors and whatnot, I can still go and still be faced with you know a challenging enemy yeah. still face uh, challenges when, uh, when it comes to you know, fighting some of the bigger larger more aggressive uh, enemies and i find that that aspect very rewarding because it's fair without without making it frustrating enough for you at least on normal difficulty which i have to admit yeah
Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you on that point. Um, I think I had the same issue. I mean, I had an issue with Skyrim when I started playing Skyrim the first round um, without the patches and stuff. Um, I reached uh, like high levels and when I fought the boss, it felt very like, you know, one skill can actually just do, uh, just basically kill the boss kind of thing. Horizon, I've noticed there's no one thing that you can do to just bring down all of the enemies um yeah. you have to actually have to think about what you're doing if you're fighting a bird if you're fighting a dinosaur <laughs> if you're fighting a um crocodile, a crocodile. yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah so so and it's, it's very tactical in that sense which is which is which is fun because it, it gives you a different kind of challenges right so mm. if, for example you face a crocodile like uh, creature it's called snap more yeah you expect that the crocodile is going to be slow but no the crocodile is going to just suddenly jump at you or even if, if it doesn't jump at you it'll It'll shoot that that like uh, freezing bomb yeah. something like that. Yeah, so yeah. you always have to adapt to and the weapons that Alloy has um, is like her main weapon is an arrow and bow, but you have other weapons and sometimes you are forced to use these weapons to to survive. Like initially yeah. I I play and thinking that oh okay I'm just gonna use the arrow and bow, but no they give you a. Uh, type caster, rope caster to to sort so like tie mm-hmm. down all these animals and and you are somehow required to use all this this web this this I guess arsenals that you have to mm. to tackle the the enemies and I, f- I find that very fun and fascinating yeah. because because it's not just a hack and slash despite mm. it being an RPG it's not just you know oh okay just changing method of changing a bow changing your bow and arrows or whatever and just and and just hack and slash and and killing you know bullet sponge enemies no so yeah. it requires yeah. you to to actually Think of a different approach. Yeah, yeah, and and the scalability also is quite interesting. Of course, uh, and there, there are a lot of memorable moments like you know facing your first thunder jaw. Yeah, that <laughs> will always be fun. Like and yeah. initially think that oh I don't think I can defeat this yeah. enemy, and this enemy is like literally a T Rex. Imagine a human being fighting a T Rex, right? Yeah. yeah, but you you can actually pull it off. Yeah, but it requires you you know sometimes multiple tries. But uh, eventually, once you get the hang of it, and once you go there for game plan. Uh, without being super tactical, but you need to just know okay what what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can you can I guess uh, execute it. And I think uh, in terms of gameplay, that's that's the strength of Horizon Zero Dawn. Apart from mm-hmm. the story, which is super engaging, the gameplay is also actually fun, and it's mm-hmm. replayable. And I, I sometimes feel like you know once I'm done with the game, I sometimes just feel like going to you know random random spots where you know certain enemies are located just to just to fight yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think definitely I, I get that a lot from um, Horizon Zero Dawn. If I were to like draw attention. Um, to a different game Monster Hunter World Monster Hunter it's a really tactical game it requires a lot of precision it requires a lot of skill to play the game um, I think uh, and on the opposite side say you want to go into like talk about like Diablo or whatever uh, which don't really require a lot of um, precision timing um, you're, you're going to be able to kill a lot of monsters at once I think Horizon Zero Dawn sits comfortably in between those two, which is not super mindless, but also it's not super tactical. It's it's a really good um, marriage of the two. Um, I think uh, one other thing that Hanif pointed out as well, the storyline itself is so rich. I can't agree more. After playing every arc of the game, uh, not even the full game yet, but every arc of the game, I can't help but I want to talk to someone about the philosophy behind the whole thing. Like, okay, in this game, this, this, this happened. Why is that right? Why is that wrong? And I think that I face a lot of that um, kind of like dilemma, understanding of the whole world uh, in that game because there's a lot of quote-unquote wrong in the game to Aloy, but is 
in theory not that wrong, right? Mm. So the main actors in the game are not that evil, and you kind of understand why they are put in their place. And I think those kind of storylines really difficult to find in the in the game nowadays, especially. Yeah, and another two aspects that we have to tackle is also, I guess, the how it looks and how it sounds like. Yeah, and I, and I think those aspects also help make. Horizon Zero Dawn such a great game mm. the fact that the world is so immersive graphics very sharp very mm. livable uh, a lot of attention to details to in terms of like for example the lighting is great um, the world looks believable um, I don't face any major uh, like frame rate drops or anything like that of the mm. nature as far, as far as I can remember and uh, everything just looks sharp and, and nice I think it's one of the one of the best looking PS4 games of this era like I mean and of course well I haven't played The Last of Us 2 yet but and even Ghost of Tsushima but comparing to Uncharted sometimes I, I struggle a bit too which I think is Uncharted 4 which I think is one of the best looking games on PS4 mm. sometimes I feel like you know maybe Horizon Zero Dawn looks better than Uncharted Uncharted 4 I think um, one of the things that I aesthetically love about the game is the sound actually the sound mm. design um, if in, in, when you play the game one of the earlier things that you'll get is your focus um, which allows you to look at the world differently uh, when you turn on your focus it uses the speakers in your controller mm. um, to actually create this suddenly futuristic world where you see holograms and stuff and I think the sound design is just awesome because when you move around with your focus on there's this kind of like 3D sound that goes around that makes you feel that you're in a different environment uh, and I, I really can't explain this well enough I think we can play a sound bit of it A metal door closed Maybe this device I found can help I also want to talk about just the idea of an post-apocalyptic world being so bright, being so, so I don't know, green, cheery looking, but at the same time, you still feel that like seriousness to it, right? Mm. So Batman uh, does that all the time to kind of hi- highlight the seriousness of the game. It needs to be dark. Bioshock did that. I think Fallout. Uh, banks on that as well it needs to be dark it needs to be like swampy I don't know what uh, mm. what better words to use but um, Horizon is very green it's very luscious it's very um, bright like most of the time it's in the day mm. um, but you still feel that sense of dread you still feel that um, nervousness that you get especially uh, when you start sneaking around right so there's a huge T-Rex on the side you're going into a bush suddenly the music changes you're starting to sneak up on someone, suddenly the change. That whole aspect, aesthetic thing for me just creates a whole different feel to the game. It just wrenches your heart out from being super scared to super hopeful to super ha. Uh, you know what I mean? It's yeah, crazy. Exactly. And which is why we decided to cover this game because we've, I think, you know, based on what you've heard from me and Anjuman, uh, we uh, were definitely gushing over this game. Uh, and I think, especially for, for a fresh IP, coming from a developer that was previously known to develop only uh, first-person shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Guerrilla Games before this was more well-known for their Killzone series from, I think, from the PS2 to the PS3 to early PS4 era. So, they've been developing only, you know, first-person shooters. Suddenly, they've decided to just uh, come up with a fresh IP, you know, with a good engine that um, somehow even you know a big game developer like 
Hideo Kojima decided to even use <laughs> the, the yeah. game engine you know, that, that, and that's a testament to and Kojima is very I guess particularly meticulous yeah. about the kind of engine that he wants to use for his games right so I guess that is a testament to how successful I guess Horizon Zero Dawn has been um, and especially as a fresh IP for PlayStation 4 right because mm. a lot of other big IPs during the PS4 era uh, I guess sequels you mm. know you have Uncharted 4 which is a sequel to all the other Uncharted games on PS3 The Last of Us is also a sequel uh, to I guess a game on PS3 uh, and then you have all the other big games and for a fresh IP like that to come and I guess provide that kind of impact to the console I think that that's pretty pretty much uh, a success story that I guess is worth celebrating and, and, and if you're looking for a, a game to immerse yourself in I think Horizon Zero Dawn is a very good game mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely you know, one of the best games from the PS4 era you know as yeah. we as we are now trying to move <laughs> on to the, to the next generation I think Horizon Zero Dawn is worth checking out and you will, I think you will also be pleasantly graced into the PS5 era with Horizon Forbidden West at this point looks to be like a good sequel. Hanif, what do you think about that? Yes, well, <laughs> it's a bit too early to tell anything, but I've, I'm already excited seeing uh, the new monsters available. Mm-hmm. The fact that Eloy is swimming uh, in, the sea. in the sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the kind of world that is, you know, drastically different. Well, not drastically, but slightly different from, from the current world. So yeah. I'm excited at the idea of... Um, to be honest, you know, I would, I would probably... Um, because I enjoy the game so much, I enjoy the gameplay so much. I wouldn't mind if the setting is, I guess, same place, mm-hmm. and plus, you know, of course, new area. But it looks like we are going to be put in in a different location. I'm mm-hmm. excited for that. Yeah, I think we missed one point, which is um, in any single player game. One of the things that I usually look out most for is the amount of time that I can get and squeeze out of that game because mm. you're spending what 250 ringgit <laughs> you want the most amount of time mm. um, for that game and usually when a game comes out the DLC is uh, very much repetitive uh, the DLC doesn't actually get uh, you don't actually get a lot of hours out of the DLC you get what 8 max hours mm. from a DLC usually from a game for Horizon Zero Dawn's DLC which is uh, the Frozen Wilds specifically it does feel like a, another game itself on its own. At least for me, it feels like I've played like Horizon 1.5. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, in fact, if you pay attention well enough, you could see that they even make some graphical improvements. Yeah. Like, like, for example, the snow looking slightly better in the Frozen Wilds part over the normal part. Yeah, and that shows shows how like even even you know for a DLC, uh, I think the publisher, the developer, Guerrilla Games, are willing to like even improve all the little details. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I had fun playing the the DLC as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, now if you're listening to this now, and you want to get the game, get the game of the year edition. Uh, in fact, because it's so it's under PlayStation's Best of series, so it's bit cheaper mm-hmm. uh, so you can get that for that price uh, Get make sure you get the game of the year edition and play everything yeah even the Frozen Wilds yeah because I think the Frozen Wilds also give you a slightly different uh, approach to the main game while it's not as rich as say for example which is 3 DLCs which are much richer in terms of content it definitely provides an I guess a good complementary story and a good complementary gameplay to the main game yeah so 
do check it out. Uh, do spend that money uh, on, on Horizon. And if you haven't, you know, had the time to play the game, I guess it's not as pricey anymore. You can uh-huh. probably get it at a cheaper price. Uh, and yeah, check it out. And you know, wait for the sequel. Yeah, let us know if you have uh, if you haven't played the game. Let us know if you have played the game, and if you don't like it, um, I think we can't be friends. Though, sorry. <laughs> And that has been our look back at Horizon Zero Dawn, an open-world action RPG that's now a part of the PlayStation Hits. It's also available on PC via Steam. Thank you very much for joining me, Najman. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, you can find the podcast on bfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play, and also Spotify. Do share your thoughts about the show or the games that you play via our email, ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at bfmradio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on. Till next time, GG Well Played. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.